Home. It is more than four walls and a roof. Home is a feeling. I'm Jennifer Stagg, and I believe that home is the most important place on the planet. Here, I dive into all things home, whether it's tips from my latest DIY project or interviews that examine what gives a house that something special. Join me as I get to the heart of the home. It's one of my favorite events for the entire year. It's something I arrange my entire schedule around, and that's the Better Homes and Gardens Style Maker event in New York City. This was my sixth year going. I'm so honored that Better Homes and Gardens asked me to attend again. And this year, there was something extra special. I was able to moderate the interview with the keynote speaker. So today on Heart of the Home podcast, I'm breaking down my takeaways uh, from this amazing event and also giving you some of my highlights. Hey guys, I'm jumping in for a minute to tell you about today's sponsor, Stag Design. Stag Design gives you beautiful products you can mix and match effortlessly to create your perfect home. Use the code Heart of the Home for $10 off your next purchase. At Stag Design, we believe home is what we make it. You can find us at stagdesignshop.com. That's Stag with two G's. Hello, everyone. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Heart of the Home podcast. I'm Jennifer Stagg. If you follow me on Instagram, which I hope you do, you'll know that I recently got back from New York City where I attended the Better Homes and Gardens Style Maker event. This is the must-attend event of the year for me. I love it so much. It's such a great opportunity to be inspired, rub shoulders with some of the very best in my industry, and also just be inspired by other people in my same boat, other influencers, designers, bloggers, uh, gardeners, chefs, cooks, the home cooks, all the things, the very best in home, garden, and cooking. So I wanted to talk through some of my favorite things about the event this year and also just do a little recap of what it was like to interview the uh, keynote speaker. So at the beginning of the day, it was held at the Public Hotel in Manhattan, which is a super chic Ian Schrager hotel. It's a very modern sort of... um, It has some industrial elements, a lot of deep wood colors and concrete. It's the coolest vibe hotel. It's really awesome. So very first thing in the morning, uh, there was a breakfast with all of the other style makers, what they call style makers, who are influencers from all across the country. Uh, There's about 50 people that they invite to take part in this event. And it's a great opportunity for me to connect with people in my industry and see them in real life. Um, some of them are friends that I've really grown to love and get to know really well. So it's always fun to just rub shoulders with those people again that I don't get to see very often. Uh, the first event of the day, I guess, after breakfast was a presentation by a woman named Patty Morrissey, who was a KonMari method expert. So I wasn't totally familiar with KonMari. I had heard of it before. You know, everyone's sort of in the whole spark joy, Marie Kondo mentality these days. But this was like her Marie Kondo's right-hand woman. This is the woman that trains all of the experts that then go into people's homes as professional organizers. So she really knew her stuff. Some major takeaways from her. um, Of course, she was talking about how, you know, clearing out items can help, you know, evaluating whether they spark joy in you. It's, It's that whole sort of 
does do I really need this item in my life? Is there joy left in this item or do I need to clear it out and, and let go of that baggage? I mean, that's the whole Marie Kondo method philosophy. But one of the bigger takeaways from her, she was talking about um, key performance indicators or KPIs in our daily lives. That's a term that we use a lot in business, a KPI, and it's a way to sort of track how we're progressing in in business or in our career. So often employers will give you KPIs. Okay, have you met this milestone this year? Have you met this goal? And and sometimes those KPIs are totally unachievable in a professional setting. There's no way that you'll ever do what your employer is asking you to do. But sometimes employers feel like if they don't give you unachievable KPIs, then you're not going to strive for anything. If you if all of your KPIs are things that you can easily do or or even do with some sort of labor, then you're not going to strive for something more, which I think is kind of silly, frankly. But how do you measure your life's KPIs? So she was talking about how she used to work for this nonprofit organization that ironically, was all about mental health. It was a suicide prevention hotline. And how while she was working there, she was giving everything to this job that was basically thankless. And it was taking so much. And her life KPIs were suffering, even though her work KPIs were doing really well. So she went through sort of this KonMari method of evaluating her life and figuring out if that was the kind of life that she really wanted to lead. So she came up with this list of KPIs for her life that involved things as simple as when I get up in the morning, I one of the ways I measure if I have this quality of life that I want is that I sit down, I have breakfast with my daughter, I'm able to sit down over this bowl of berries and and sort of set my intentions for the day and have this moment of personal meditation and reflection as I'm eating breakfast. And if I'm not doing that, then I know that the rest of my day is not going to go the way that I want. So that's one of her life KPIs. So there were just sort of like these, and she she talked about ways that you can come up with your own life's KPIs. Are you getting enough sleep? Are you you know, spending enough time with the people that you really love doing the things that you love rather than putting those things off? Are you having a moment of reflection every day where you can sort of meditate and set your intentions? And the main takeaway for me was that if you don't set those intentions for yourself, life is going to set those intentions for you. And you're going to fast forward and you're going to be living on someone else's agenda rather than your own agenda. And it really made me sort of reflect and self-evaluate a little bit and go, you know what, how do I measure whether or not I'm living the life that I really want to live? And and I I sort of put together my own mental list of of life's KPIs. And since then, I've written down a list of, of KPIs for me. One of them is that I'm spending quality one-on-one time with each of my daughters every week. And if I'm not doing that, I'm not reaching one of my life's KPIs. Everything goes smoother when I'm able to stop the noise, spend alone time with each of my little girls and evaluate how their day is going and how their life is going and and tune into all of the things in their little worlds. Um, 
So anyway, that was a really, really great presentation. Again, that woman's name is Patty Morrissey, and you can find her on Instagram. She doesn't have a huge Instagram following, but the stuff that she puts out there is so impactful and very thought-provoking. So I really loved her. The next presentation was an interview with Stephen Orr, who's the editor of Better Homes and Gardens, and he was interviewing it basically a magazine editorial legend. Her name's Marion McAvoy. And she started L Decor Home. So she she was a pioneer really in women editors of magazines. She was warm and funny and uh no nonsense. And the you know, a couple things that that really stuck out to me about the things that she was saying is that she says that decoration is not just for your house. It's for you too. So she's very eclectic. Her her style was sort of like a signature style. They showed a bunch of photos of her through the years. And uh, her personal style was so inspiring. She really took a lot of risks. She didn't really worry about what people thought of her, or what they thought of what she looked like. She wore things that inspired her and decorated her house the way that inspired her and cut out a lot of that noise and that pressure to look a certain way or decorate a certain way. You know, the thing that inspires you is not the same thing that will inspire your friend or your neighbor or someone on social media. You need to do what speaks to you ultimately. And that's what makes your house you. I say that all the time to clients your personal photos, your your quirky little knickknacks, those things belong in your home because you live there. And she just reinforced that to me. And I, I just really loved that takeaway. She also was very humble. She said she made a lot of mistakes over eagerness because of over eagerness. So she was so eager to do a really good job at her job that she made some mistakes. She she moved a little too fast. She wasn't thoughtful enough. She pleased she did things to please people that she wouldn't have done normally and and she compromised a little bit and she was humble enough to admit that she had made some mistakes. And I really loved that. She also talked about how sometimes things are just not right for you. Um, from El Decor, she went to House Beautiful, and all of the editors from Better Homes were like, she was an amazing editor of House Beautiful. But for her, she got there and it it didn't fit. It felt like it wasn't the right fit for her. And she was humble enough to realize just because she had worked really hard for something and just because the the opportunity was given to her doesn't mean that it was the right thing for her. And so she pivoted. She left House Beautiful and decided to do something else. And she believes that that was the right decision for her. And that's sometimes really hard, right? Because we've invested so much time and so much energy and 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 work into something, realizing that it's not the right thing for you is is really difficult sometimes. Um, she's a maximalist. She's She loves color. She loves lots of things. Um, they showed a lot of pictures of her home and it was not minimalist at all. You know, clean lines and white and 
that's huge in design right now, right? But she's kind of like, give me all the color, give me all the patterns, put it all together and let's see what we end up with. And, and she was super inspiring. She glue guns. She wrote an entire book about how to decorate with a glue gun. She had this fireplace that was, I don't know if it was shells or acorns or something, but she had hot glued these little things all over her fireplace mantle and it looked amazing. Um, so she w- she doesn't own a TV. Um, she presses flowers. She uh, The question that I had the opportunity to ask her is that, you know, she had sort of like this gruff, like bring it on sort of feeling. And I asked her, you know, it doesn't seem like you shy away from criticism. And in in today's world, it seems like a lot of people are editing out the criticism, right? They're so sensitive and they're very defensive, like on social media, nobody wants to hear any kind of criticism. And granted, people on social media can be really rude. And, and I get that all the time. And but I actually don't shy away from criticism. I'm not somebody that deletes the negative comments. And um, you probably won't hear me complaining about criticism often. I actually welcome criticism. I think it's an opportunity to grow. And and so I was so curious about like, well, how, how do you handle criticism? And she responded and she said, well, everybody just needs to to calm down like calm down because we all need contrarians in our lives and we could all use a little editing, get over yourself. Criticism can be really helpful. And it was so refreshing because I feel like so often we hear from people that are just, their feelings are hurt and they're so, they're just really defensive about people criticizing their work and their way of life and their lifestyle on social media. And so that was just a good reminder to me to like, you know what, it's okay. Like I need to get over myself sometimes and and criticism can be really helpful. Okay, now I want to move on to the best part of the day, <laughs> possibly the best part of the day, the best part of my year, possibly. Uh, several months ago, Better Homes and Gardens asked if I would be interested in moderating the keynote speaker who happened to be, oh, just Bobby Burke from Queer Eye and um, the the reboot. Uh, he's the interior designer on Queer Eye, and he has such an interesting personal story, and they did not have to twist my arm at all. I wrote back immediately and was like, are you kidding me? Yes, because they've never done this before. Usually the editor-in-chief interviews the keynote, and I am so honored that they would ask me. And, uh, and so I got to work doing my homework. I really delved into Bobby Burke's background. Now, most of you probably don't know everything about Bobby Burke. Maybe some of you are super fans and you do, but some things about him. He grew up in the Bible Belt in a really small town in Missouri, and he did not fit in. He you know, was was young and gay. And he said that there was one other boy in his town that came out of the closet and he was beaten almost to death. And so he knew, Bobby knew that he could not survive um, in small town Bible Belt America, that he had to get out somehow. So he ran away as a teenager, lived out of his car, lived on the streets, crashed on friends' couches, eventually was able to find his way to Denver, which was really positive for him. But he still couldn't quite 
land in a good place. He didn't have high school diploma even. And it's hard for me to fathom that he could, without any kind of, you know, diploma, without any kind of real world experience that he could know that there was so much more out there for him. So eventually he was able to find himself in New York City, moved to New York with $100. And that's it, people. Thought maybe he was going to be a server, but apparently in New York, he was like, you have to have experience to be a server in New York, and I don't have experience. And so I started doing retail, worked his way up in retail. And he kind of jokes around that he's been fired from every job, (laughs) been fired from every job, Uh, actually was working at Restoration Hardware as a manager and got fired from Restoration Hardware for a, a time card error with his employees. He was encouraging his employers employees to do something that he didn't know they weren't supposed to do with clocking in and clocking out. So he got fired for that as they were filming the first Queer Eye in the same store with Tom Felicia. So while Queer Eye number one was being filmed, he was downstairs in the basement getting fired at the same time. And the it's just like such an unbelievable story. So he was able to eventually get hooked up with this company Portico, worked his way up in Portico. That didn't work out. Started his own home decor uh, stores called Bobby Burke Home in New York City, which is crazy because that never happens. And fast forward, fast forward, fast forward, was able to be selected for Queer Eye. And I asked him, how did you know Did you always know that you were meant for something more, you know, and how were you able to navigate this? Because it seems like there were a lot of really dark times. And he said, you know what? Hang on. If you're in one of these really dark moments, it will get better. Things will work out. Just hold on because things will shift and they'll change and they move. And and it won't always be the way that you're feeling right now. His story was unbelievable. And if you are wondering if he's every bit as wonderful in person as you want him to be because he's so wonderful on the show, he is. He was so warm and funny and kind. And uh, I was able to hug him more than once. And he smelled really good. So thank you to Better Homes and Gardens for that unbelievable opportunity. I just got the photos back from their professional photographer and uh, I'll definitely be sharing more of those, but it was such an inspiring event. And I am so grateful to the editors of Better Homes for continuing to believe in me and my work and my design firm and giving me these wonderful opportunities. I'd love to hear what you thought about this episode. Be sure to leave us a comment. You can give us a little DM on Instagram, Stag Design. And please uh, take a moment to rate and review this podcast because it really does make a difference. And also subscribe. We would love for you to subscribe. Thank you so much for listening, everybody. I'm Jennifer Stagg, and you've been listening to The Heart of the Home. I hope you'll subscribe, review, and rate this podcast, and tune in next episode for more Heart of the Home. Thank you so much for listening.